Hi, welcome to One Degree Shifts. I'm Pascal Tremblay. I'm your host and I'm the co-founder of Nectar. We're a psychedelic support ecosystem. And today I'm calling from the lands of the Sinai and the Kanaha people in the Kootenay region of British Columbia. And today we're talking to India Mayorga. Hi, India. Hi, everyone. Hi, Pascal. How are you? I'm beautiful. How are you? Feeling great. Thank you so much for having me here, sharing with me. It's a pleasure. And what lands are you calling from today? Yeah, so for everybody, uh, I'm here in Costa Rica. This is where I live. This is where I'm from. And as you introduce yourself beautifully, um, I come from the Bribri tribe of Costa Rica through my mother's lineage. So I'm really close to the territory at the moment outside, just to be able to catch internet and connect with all of you. Um, but yeah. What are you up to in the world these days? I uh, like to hear more. <laughs> Wow. Uh, it's a journey. It's a never-ending journey for me. Um, always traveling through Costa Rica, but right now the focus is on bringing awareness to different projects within the indigenous uh, community of the Bribri and a little bit of sharing the story of the community. Uh, working in um, with consultations as well in psychology has always been my passion since a long time, so I've been doing that. And creating, right now creating some digital things because it's needed to expand the awareness of um, the projects and the awareness of what we're doing here with the indigenous community. So that right now is my focus at this moment. Yeah, thank you so much for doing that work. And today we're talking about re-indigenization, uh, which I've heard you talk about it on Instagram. And uh, you talk about it's the time of the rebirth and that re-indigenization is the antidote to the last hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. um, powerful words. Can you tell us more about what re-indigenization means to you and how can people connect to that idea? Yeah, thank you for that question. It's It really goes deep into um, what I've personally experienced and what I see throughout this journey of life and, and, and experiencing people through different ways, different cultures come to Costa Rica to um, participate with that with uh, plant medicines, for example, and to go into this really inner space of introspection, you know, and I think that re-indigenization is that, is a path that all humanity must take in order for us to reconnect because we've been disconnected. And that path may lead you to, to that journey of connecting back to your roots, connecting back to your ancestors, you know, then reconnecting back to the essence of who we are, which is that there's oneness with Mother Earth, that we're all interconnected and we all play an important role, especially today, especially today. So re-indigenization is that path that we take and it looks differently for different people, but it's connecting to to that knowing, to that essence of who we are. Mm -hmm. And on a large level, re-indigenization is really about um, bringing back power and empowerment and, and uh the managing of lands and communities back to indigenous people so they can preserve their language and their lands and their traditions. Uh, and it's also about for all of us to re-indigenize ourselves to connecting to our roots, right? So this is not necessarily just about the first peoples. It's also about all of us. And we, yes, reconnecting to Pachamama and, and the web of life and, and reconnecting to our true self. And so would you like to talk a little bit more about uh, about that as well? Yes, there's different angles, you know, there's always different perceptions of one subject. And in this case, 
for somebody, for example, that is living in a land that they were born, you know, perhaps their parents were not born from there, then they have a journey of discovering where, where, where are my parents from? You know, where is that ancestry root from? And then taking that journey, you know, and then discovering what were the ancestors there? What were the practices there? And that's a way of re-indigenization for you to connect to the gnosis of um, all of this spiritual um, education that was left by the ancestors of those lands. And then bringing even those uh, prayers, those ceremonies, those rituals to your own essence, to your own life, because they carry power. They carry a lot of weight and energy is essence, is prayers, is vibration that we put up. But we can claim this power from our ancestors that were really and truly connected to the land. you know. And if you're not from where you're from, then you can also a way to re-indigenize yourself is to learn from the people of that land, to learn who lives there, what are their practices, what is the culture there, the language, if there's still uh, indigenous people living in that land currently. And if not, who lived there? What were their practices? And honoring that as well. I think there's different angles. For indigenous people here in Costa Rica, for example, and I'm sure pretty much around the world, um, we're still in this dilemma, you know, with the states you know, with the government state about lands and which land belongs to what. There's some national parks that were created that belong now to the state, but does it belong to them or is it indigenous land? And um, what's going to happen with land that was bought during a period of time and, and it, it belonged to the, to the communities there, but because they're always moving, you know, they move in different times, then um, they didn't own the land. It wasn't, you know, part of the consciousness of this ownership. You know, first of all, that's part of the process of re-indigenization is knowing that there's no ownership of the land. And yet there is a great power that comes with stewarding the land and guardianship of the land. And I think part of the re-indigenization process, the path, I should say, for indigenous people is, is knowing that there's a sovereignty that's been given and we've been able to hold on to for a long time. And part of that is the guardianship of the earth and the lands. And a lot of it has been disturbed. Like everyone else in humanity through, you know, we talked about it earlier, through colonization, through different um, reasons that put us where we are today. And so part of the path of giving the lands back to the indigenous people for that guardianship is for that protection of that connection that's been there for millennia from those indigenous people with Mother Earth practicing their songs, their rituals, you know, their ceremonies, their um, payments to the land, their offerings to the land, all of this to bring balance. That's the belief system. Mm -hmm. And if you believe it, you conceive it. So it's like, you know, that's how profound it goes. And if we can all unite to, to knowing that that's where the essence is coming from, you know, it's not about mine. It's more about, well, there's something big here. Like, you know, let's not forget. And in that process of re-indigenization, then it comes to protecting the culture, protecting the language, protecting the stories, protecting the connection that we have through the different realms of the dimensions of the spirits of nature and what's there with the elementals and teaching that to the children, to the youth from a early age, you know, and there's still a possibility for us to maintain and sustain that. And it all has to do with the path of re-indigenization to the indigenous people, very different from a lot of people. 
but everybody can participate in this. And we should as human species and humankind, because we are all interconnected to Mother Earth. And if there's a big community of people living in the same land for thousands of years, practicing all of this knowledge, connecting to the essence of that land, to those spirits, they have a, a, a you know, they already had this relationship going for a long time. Shouldn't we cultivate that, honor that? We don't know why this is important right now, but I'm telling you, it will be important for humanity of the paths and the decisions that we're taking today and the disconnection that we can see more and more with technology and other things that, yeah, it's connecting us, but it's also disconnecting us. And what does that mean to our children and our future as humankind? So I think it's, it's very deep, you know, it's a very a profound subject that we can go into um, and different angles for it. But yeah. Land is that important, and it, it's more than just a title. It's, it's the stewardship and it's the guardianship, and it, that goes along with education. That comes along with the support from other people from the outside that knows what happens when we dis destroy our resources in a global scale, when we know what happens when we destroy the waters through contamination, when we pollute with chemicals our lands. We already know this. We know what it causes to our body. We know what it can bring to us. So can we stop this in indigenous lands that have no awareness in a global scale of what this creates for humanity? We're 10 steps ahead of, 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 of what their perception is. So how we assist mm. in the preservation of those lands for that specific reason. Yeah, beautiful. I hear um, connection and... <clears throat> guardianship and and honor and connection and community <laughs> um and so it makes me kind of really connect with the idea of belonging right like coming back to where we belong which is on the earth together as people as communities as as stewards of the earth which is our our natural being um and I, i'm curious india if, if you'd like to share a little bit more about your personal path of re-indigenization, like where did that take root and how have you been interfacing with this in your own life and, and how you've been reconnecting to that beautiful and, 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 and deep concept that you shared just now? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's such a, a, <laughs> a very profound question for me because the journey has been long. It's been a long journey to get to this point of uh, re-indigenization of myself and what that means for me. Um, as a, uh, I, I guess my, it all started with deconstructing my mind and my belief systems in pose, you know, and that started through uh, psychology work and cleaning my body and my temple. So it's, it's a long journey. There's steps that I've taken into this uh, original knowing of, of the essence of who we are and, and this connection that we have together. And, um, but I would say that Along the path of psychology and therapy and working on, on the shadows and the things that are there, um, one of the fastest route was plant medicine. It is, it was that back door and it was beautiful because I had the opportunity to sit in Peru with the indigenous Chipiwo people in Peru. And I, I always knew that this medicine was calling me and it took a decade for it to come to the manifestation of it. I, I, I guess she really wanted me to come in a very clean, 
alter temple body way when I came to her. So it took a decade for me to clean my body. Out of all the things that they've that I've indoctrinated myself through the system and the beliefs and the marketing campaigns and this everything, you know, you can name it. I've gone through it because I was born outside of the territory of, of the indigenous of my mother's lineage. She was born there. I wasn't. So my story is a little bit different. And so plant medicines really connected me back to my ancestral roots in, in the sense of my mother participated with me in the ceremony. I invited my mom. She always wanted to go to Machu Picchu in Peru and, you know, get to know this amazing culture that she's always read about, the Incas. And I'm like, perfect. But there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a prize. <laughs> we got to go to a, a, a ceremonial um, gathering of this indigenous people, Chipiwo, which I've been studying about. And it's a really ancestral lineage. And um, I think we both felt safe because they were not from the territory. So I don't know. Sometimes uh, I guess it, there's, still a, a, there's still a consciousness embedded in our subconscious, deep, deep, deep of um, embarrassment of the spiritual or the mystic or the, the medicines, you know? So I, my mom would never dare to go to a medicine man in the tribe and do this because, you know, what's been um, programmed, it's, it's, is the religion aspect of it, which is the doctrine of that's not good, you know? And mm -hmm. so, so for me, it was easier to get to Peru and experience this in an outside container in a different land and with the different indigenous people and somebody that I, I, I could trust from the Amazons, you know, and, and so that opened the path to connecting to my ancestral lineage through my mother and through a very, very, very beautiful ceremony and a very profound intention. That was my intention. I would like to heal all of my ancestral roots, all of these things that my mother is not telling me, that my father is not telling me this, all of these things that I can recognize through, through my journey in psychology. You know, I really want to clear it profoundly because there's things that I'm pretty sure I didn't cover. Um, and so she did that. The plant medicine did this. And this opened the path into me discovering who I am and the essence of, of, of self. And also the character I play and, and the best way that I can use the resources given in this matrix, in this in this womb of co-creation that we're in to be able to bring awareness of the true value that we each hold and the importance of clearing the ancestral lineage and, and the things that we have been carried from for others, from mm -hmm. others, you know, and transmitted through the environment, through the genes, through, you know, depending on, on various things. But I would say it's been a long process and I feel like it's still, it, you know, forever, progressing because then then you 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 know that you're connected to nature and now mm -hmm. what the buddha stayed jesus stayed like all these enlightened ones speaking of this interdeep connection and what is the role then and where are we are in humanity and i feel that that's where creativity comes along and you just see where you are and what you're to give back with the resources given, with the gifts that were given to you. There's a beautiful story in our tradition here in Costa Rica and in the Bribri tribe. And it says that when we come out of, of creation molded, you know, in clay, and we're given the birth of life and, and come to the earth, to Idiria, which is this plane, we're given tools when we are born. That's why all babies come with their hands closed like this, because the tools are already given to us. 
And we are to use these tools here. That's the whole that's the whole purpose. That's the whole game. That's the, you know, and how do you know how to use these tools? If you're disconnected from the source itself, from the matrix itself, from the womb itself of Mother Earth, I mean, it's very hard. You would not fulfill what you're mm -hmm. meant to fulfill. You'll be distray. You'll be floating away, pulled by the winds of social media, pulled by the winds of politics, of the news, of the agendas. It's it's very it's a it's a very easy path to 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 go astray. So one must focus. And a good way is that connection with Mother Earth. Like there's a, there's something there's a, an intelligence um, that could be felt, you know, through her. And I often, mm -hmm. uh, I often wonder if this whole age of technology can create that this profound disconnection completely to her. You know, are we in the verge of that? And you know, and so what? That's why this is important for all of us. And how do we then play with the technology, with the ancestral knowledge, with our connection to Earth? How do we maintain the balance, sustain, you know, each other? So it's been a long journey, and right now it's 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 transpiring through uh, nature. It's channeling, listening, really holding presence in the now to feel her guidance and to feel what the ancestors of my ancestors here are speaking to me about. So it's a very interesting journey, very uh, profound journey, and it's knowing self. Mm. And after that, you're you know, there's no limit. You you're in this creative path. Mm -hmm. And I think the ancestors and um, Mother Earth is singing next to you because I'm hearing, uh, is it a bird or an insect? But uh, <laughs> See, it's, it's definitely singing a song that's quite enjoyable. Um, and <laughs> thank you for sharing. And, and what I'm hearing as a, as a thread around kind of your personal journey where reindigenization is um, going back to the origin of things, um, you know, leaving the ego behind and really connecting with the relationship we have with the land, right? Um, and what I'm also hearing is um, decolonizing as well, like decolonizing so we can re-indigenize. And um, Jack Forbes, who's a, a scholar, he he said that uh, re-indigenization is a way to resist the monocultures of the mind mm -hmm. and that it's about resisting Wetiko disease, he calls it, which is mm -hmm. another word for insatiable consumerism. Mm -hmm. um, can you share a little bit more about your own perspective of decolonization and what it means uh, maybe for you or for uh, the world in general? Um, we all have our own baggage when it comes to that, regardless of where we are in the world. I think we've all been exposed to colonization uh, in some shape or form. And uh, we're all kind of at different levels of, of getting rid of that because obviously it's not working. It's obviously not working that those ways of living on the earth are not working. And so I'm curious what you'd like to share about around the process of decolonization. Yeah, it's a, it's a subject of, of really uh, the mind, like you said, deprogramming the mind. You could do that in, in various ways. There's different angles to it, really, because um, there's been so much distortion, you know, that we've uh, consumed through food, through what we see, what we hear, and through what's being sold to us of who we should be. So then decolonizing yourself, 
and I'll take myself as an example, was it decolonizing my body, what I was eating, the substances I was putting in and really clearing this, this feel this this you know body that then connects to an energetic field and then i'm able to expand even further and really use it um and so that i can receive different information so that i'm not always you know utilizing my immune system to 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 be you know flight or fright and and all of this and and then it's also working on your on your mental state and asking yourself questions of your behaviors I think that a lot of my behaviors, like I said, in this process of, of unwinding my mind through psychology and what I do with my clients is asking these questions like, well, why do you act like this? What do you do this for? What does it bring? Or, you know, where does it take you? And slowly but surely, then you understand that a lot of it is programming through your parents. A lot of it is subconscious programming through your parents as well. And some of it is comes from education. So, um, we have technology, which is an advantage for us to be able to pull a lot of information that um, if you if you really uh, do your homework, you can find out that it's it's valid, you know, and um, a lot of the masters throughout times, I mean, I'm going to keep speaking about it because I, I there's an amnesia happening. In, in, in humankind and it's because of what we're eating, what we're consuming, how much energy we're spending in other things except ourselves, our inner selves. We are just giving energy like, like, like it has no value, you know, and that's what's been sold to us. It's just, you know, give me energy to be in Instagram, give me energy to be in Facebook, give me energy to be in TikTok, give me energy to be, uh, you know, to work it out, like all this energy is coming out of us and we're giving it, just giving it. You know, and what we get in return is not enough to fulfill this deep, deep sense that is here, you know. And so part of the deep programming is, is going through all these phases from the body to the psyche and then to the spiritual realms into who you are in your essence. And for that, you have to connect to your heart and you have to connect to your nature that you can do through practices Different ancient people have different practices through meditation, yoga, fasting, uh, plant medicine, ritual, like you name it, you can find mm -hmm. it. The information is there. Thankfully, we have internet for that. And um, and so my own process was that. It was cleaning, cleaning my house, cleaning my house. And and I, you know, it, it, you still have tendencies in this material world. There's still tendencies. And I feel that it's a continual evolution of, of letting go, you know. And that's why it's so lovely to see that essence still embedded in different cultures of indigenous people. Very simple. Mm -hmm. Very simple. Mm -hmm. And that's why people love going and sharing with indigenous people, you know, because they feel this essence, this natural stay way of being, of just being pure and yeah what is what is that right <laughs> like in the modern world it's like what is being i'm too busy doing and um yeah it, it is a, a global amnesia and a global remembrance that is slowly happening i think around um the idea of relationships and that we're not i think part of the colonization way of seeing the world is that we're all separated right we all live in silos mm -hmm. we're all working in silos uh, we're not connected and, you know, all the beautiful things you've shared so far. And 
uh, I, I think kind of the reindigenization way of seeing the world is all about relationships, right? And uh, I heard you mention the word honoring earlier. Um, and so when you're connected to the whole and when you're connected to the relationships around you, you're a lot more likely to honor them. And so, you know, honoring the land and the animals and the waters around us, uh, paying our respects and making offerings and, uh, you know, doing prayer and things of that nature. Uh, and we talked about this before on a previous call, you talk a lot about reconnecting with the land uh, and self-cultivation as our reason for being on the land. And uh, it's a way for us to feel that, um, humanity is is part of the whole and i'd love for you to share a little bit more around connecting with the land and honoring the land like what does that look like for you and what does it mean uh, and what what happens when you do that mm -hmm. yeah that's a very important question for all of us you know especially like i keep saying now now are the times i mean we see a lot of the signs you know there's a more and more awakening there's more plant medicines traveling throughout the consciousness of planet earth why is this you know vast archive of, of ancestral knowledge now traveling and there's more expansion of consciousness and there's there's a call there's a call that she's making you know there's like uh, there's this illusion of separation that's been embedded in their consciousness wake up you know, don't fall into a deeper state of the dream. <laughs> it's already enough that we're in one level. Let's not go further down that hole. You know, get a hold of ourselves. We came into a womb and we came here united together, all interconnected. And that recognition of the sacredness of our interconnection and of all life, of all life, it's imperative for our survival. And I say survival because we do reside in planet Earth and she will do what she needs to do and she will go through the cycles that she needs to go through. And she also listens to the ones that are here, the ones that were left to guard, to steward, to sing the songs, to make the offerings, you know, whenever we're taking from this side too much that we can bring balance to this side so that, you know, if somebody passed away, we can honor the process of that life that was brought in a very unique way. When somebody's bring birth into creation, how we then deposit all of the organs, all of the, you know, the, everything, the umbilical core, everything goes down to the earth again to make sure that there's mm -hmm. a connection that's profound with her because we were in this womb for nine months and all we can hear was a mother and the environment. And this is, you know, such deep connection. And that recognition of the sacredness of who we are embodying when we come to this plane cannot be dismissed. And that's been the, the agenda, that's been the huatico, you know, like you mentioned earlier, um, of this illusion. First of all, separation of self. And that's why then you start consuming and looking and looking because you've been so disconnected that now they got you. And now the, yeah. this, this, you know, this consciousness as they're waiting to feed on this gets all of mm -hmm. your psyche. And then now you're uh, almost, mm, I don't know if unconscious, I would like to say, but yeah, pretty unaware of, of some certain things that you do and why you do them. Um, so you have to catch yourself. And for that, you have to be in the present moment. And for that, you have to use the sacredness of our relationship. And Mother Nature is a good place to start in a park, in a lake, wherever you can find that little tree 
sit down, take all your shoes, put your butt in the ground. If you're a woman, lift up that skirt, put it in the ground, seriously. <laughs> and just sit and connect to the wind that's blowing, to the sounds that the leaves are making. Just take that moment of sacredness and know that you are co-creating that that's in front of you. And she, on the other hand, is really attentive, listening to what you have to say and how you can start this relationship. She's waiting. She's actually calling us to, to do this with her. And that's what we're seeing in the world. What's happening in our yeah. insights is being reflected in the outside. You know, are the wars going to keep continuing? Mm -hmm. Are the massacre of the of the children, uh, the, the the corruption, the distortions, the you know prostitution of the forests, you know, is all of this going to keep happening? It will until we connect to this essence of this sacredness. And nature is a good place mm -hmm. to start. It doesn't take that long. It does take you know you to get out of your house and put your phone away and you know lock it off for an hour and. And do this and make it a ritual and a practice. Mm -hmm. But it's in our hands. I mean, that's why cities are developed, just to take us away from, from our connection. Again, another tactic for separation. Mm -hmm. I, the, the alphabet, um, you know, just to show kind of like how uh, deep and, and nuanced colonization is, uh, the alphabet, like way hundreds of years ago, the symbols of the alphabet used to represent animals. Mm -hmm. And somewhere a long time, um, you know, people started changing the letters to be completely disconnected from the shapes of the animals. And I think the Q was like one of the last remaining letters that kind of looked like a snake way back then. Um, and now like the, our actual alphabet is completely disconnected from nature. And so even the words that we're writing, and the words that we're using have been colonized. And so that's how deep the rabbit hole goes when it comes to undoing those systems uh, and, and looking elsewhere. And, and um, what I'm hearing from you uh, in, in what you just shared so beautifully is the idea of con uh, listening, um, attuning and connecting uh, to nature. Um, and Jim Quimby, who's a, he's an elder here in the Kootenai region and he's a poet and he wrote something along the lines of uh, nature is God's way of telling you it's your turn to create something as beautiful as this. Um, and so the invitation is there. And um, you talk about honoring the lands. And um, when I moved to the Kootenays uh, here in Caslo, I, I, I really started to connect more with the land. And um, you shared before around honoring the lands where you stay and what's happened on that land you know, the ancestors of that land and, and vocalizing your gratitude for the land. And one question you, you asked me on our previous call was uh, as an invitation for people to connect with reindignation is whose native land am I on and what stories were and are present here? Um, so can you talk a little bit more about that sort of connection to the land and asking those questions and what your experience has been in connecting in that way? Because I find that beautiful and also potentially very powerful for people to just ask those questions. Yeah. You started with a very uh, interesting subject, which is this um, connection with language and the distortion of language. So I want to piggyback from, from that tale. Um, and, and one of the things that 
we are looking for in this re-indigenization path that we're taking as humanity, or we should be taking as humanity, is the preservation of language for the indigenous people, you know? And it's very strong, you know? Um, I feel like the majority of the globe has this um, romantic idea of a novel of these indigenous people and the tribe hidden in the Amazons, hidden, tucked in the jungle, and, you know, and they speak the language. And there's a couple of videos and they're like, perfect, kumbaya, you know, we got it. And apologies if that offends anyone, but to me, that just means great. And, um, and it is an important thing that it's happening right now with language. And so what you brought up actually sparked a question, you know, I don't, I don't want to deviate from your question, but it sparked a question regarding, you know, the importance of the language and why are we even fighting to preserve indigenous languages, you know, and is this part of a bigger agenda of separation? So I leave that, you know, question to the audience for us to ponder about the importance of languages that are still there. And perhaps even tapping mm. into your own ancestral language of the closest lineage that you're from, just learning a few words and see how that feels and vibrates in your body, what it awakens. And it will be a good experiment for people to try and see if something comes up regarding with their ancestors when you pronounce these vibrations that come from your specific ancestral lineage. And so I wonder if you're vibrating this specific language that's being chanted what it does with nature and the importance for this preservation of the language. And yeah, sorry, I don't know if you were going to. No, no. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to share that uh, in that colonization of, of language and kind of the loss of richness around language is not only for indigenous languages uh, in terms of the first people. It's also around English. Like I, I have a book here that talks about, you know, in in english there used to be like 32 or 35 different words to describe wind for example <laughs> um and those different words spoke from a different era where people actually were connected to wind enough to have all those kind of words right like the different types of wind where it comes from how it feels they had all these nuanced rich layers of, of language that describes wind which obviously reflects a deeper connection to nature and so um, it's a very fascinating subject, and, and Wade Davis actually has a really good book, and I forget the name now, but uh, he writes really beautifully about his experiments uh, as an anthropologist uh, mm -hmm. with Native people around language and the loss of what that means, and it's a very rich, deep-layered uh, conversation. Um, so yeah, Beautiful. I have to take to... a look at that resource. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, like beautiful. what you were saying regarding the connection to the land where you're from, for example, right now, you know, that there you've mentioned that in Canada, there's, you know, indigenous people there. So therefore, you can learn a bit, a little bit about their culture, learn a bit the language, maybe how they, um, you know, refer to the elements, to the mountain, to the beings there, to the spiritual guardians there. There's so much knowledge they can, they can share, you know. And because this has been vibrating in that field through millennia and in an honoring ceremonial sacredness way of this connection relationship that we have with Mother Earth, then, you know, you can bring this and that can create, um, you know, this, this uh, interconnection that we have naturally. You can grab a little bit from what the essence is already in the field. You know, you can pick 
information from that environment and 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 grab it. And I feel that that's part of the healing process. And and it's a thin line. It's not you know it's not appropriation. It's it's honoring what's already there. It's honoring you know what's been living there for a long time. Recognizing it, giving thanks for those ancestors, but you're not making it your own because it it really doesn't belong to you. It's not your culture if you're not from those lands, you know, but you can utilize it. And what's so rich is that you can actually bring also offerings from from your ancestors to those lands through the songs that were sang by them. I know that there's beautiful people all over the Celtic uh, population, spiritual population that are raising awareness again into into those songs, beautiful songs that, that they sang to nature. And so there's always resources with internet that you can, you know, really profoundly feel, you know, and bring that as an offering to Mother Earth. Because, I mean, she knows when you're, you know, faking it or you're trying to sing a song that it's, it's a language that you don't know it. And you're like, it's like, why? 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 Why are you doing that to yourself? <laughs> like, let's just be in silence. It's maybe even better, you know. So it's honoring that. It's respecting what's there. And it's also uh, making sure that you're being truthful and recognizing and it's okay to have a, an honest conversation of I don't know anybody in this land I don't know who this belongs to I don't know what happened mm -hmm. here but here I am you know and I know that we have a connection speak like you would speak to any relative that you have is is that's the idea yeah. It's so right. And I, you know, I think the modern world has kind of made ceremony and ritual kind of this complicated, you know, <laughs> unobtainable type of thing that needs to happen only like when we're born, when we're married and when we die, um, you know, but it can be very simple, uh, you know, and, and you can do ceremony and ritual and in, in every day you can approach every single thing as a little ritual or a ceremony with the intention you bring to it uh, and the energy uh, that you bring to it as well. And, uh, I think there's a, a lot of beautiful, rich layers of of connection that's possible when we engage in life that way. Um, and it's not just about the peak experiences. It's also about the laws in between, right? Like ceremony and ritual can live in that. We don't need to go to a big ayahuasca ceremony to be in ceremony. Um, so there's a lot of power, I think. And I think part of reindentization is reconnecting to our rituals and ceremonies that connect with who we are and where we are. I think that's accessible to to everyone. Yes, I mean, I've had the privilege to travel across different lands in the globe. And every time I sit with a different culture, I'm fascinated to sit and hear the elders speak about their creation story, the animals there, the ancestors, the mountains, which rivers. Um, and it just fascinates me because they're taking me into their journey and their their story of this re reciprocity with mother nature that they've been enduring for thousands of years and the messages that have come through you know their ancestors like the hopi for example or like in mexico with the Uricuta or chipio it's just so alive you know and i'm pretty sure you can travel throughout the globe and see more i wish i could do that because uh, i mean that that part of the journey fascinates me just learning about the different cultures that are still there really holding strong to their connection and to the rituals and mm -hmm. ceremonies and very simple it's very simple you know and they're very humble and it's just the simplicity that um is getting distorted you know it's it's, it's this uh image like i said is this capitalism this consumerism and and so we're like 
in this edge of, of ensuring that uh, we connect to our true essence so that we don't deviate for this simplistic message. It's very simple. Your, your mm -hmm. inner world is creating your outer world. And whatever you see around you is your own practice and what's happening here. And if you want to connect to your true essence, nature is a good place to start and, and to hold you through this process you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and then keep building those relationships with the other human kind and, and be kind of loving to everyone, just like you would with your own resources, with your own water, with your own food, with your own, just, just like that. We take care of each other all the time, just like a plant, a river, a human being, a baby, an elder, you know, everything, everything is sacred. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure you, we feel it. We feel it. Anybody who's on plant medicine, like I said before, we feel it. It's there, right? So why do we, why do we easily one. forget? That's the, that's the main effect that people, like true research, have found that psychedelics do is reconnects you to the divine and the unity of things. And uh, it's, it's a felt sense that once you feel it once, you can't undo it. It's not, you can't put it back in the boxes. Once you feel that connection, you've, you've changed forever. And um I want to talk a little bit about something a little bit different, which is technology. Um, and you shared before that you feel, and you mentioned the word distortion just now, like there's been a distortion of the original peoples because uh, we grew up with technology. Um, and without technology, there, there wouldn't have been so much sharing of culture and all those ideas we've been sharing on this podcast, which is online. Um, so I'm curious, what, what role can uh, people with access to technology play in supporting re-indigenization and reciprocity uh, inside the land um, and the communities and their, the uh, indigenous people as well. Yeah, there's a beautiful story in our creation story of the Bribri um, people. And it says that Cebu is creator. So whenever Cebu created this matrix uh, that we see here in this dimension, um, he created indigenous people from the core of the earth, the inner core of the earth, so it's four layers down. And then from there, we came up through uh, different layers of the dimensions to this plane, to Mother Earth. I mentioned that earlier. And then that's the original people. That's the people that are here now in this current um, life events, you know, after the last wipeout. And so where, where do the others come from if they're not like indigenous people? you know, native, let's call uh, indigenous people, like the red corn, what we call the red corn. He said, well, the story says that then Cebu grabbed from the stars and brought these other seeds. And then he brought them down three layers that came from one of the sky's um, dimensions. And then he brought them three, uh, three layers down and put them in a boat in Iridia in the waters. And then they were blessed with technology with learning how to navigate how to see astronomy how to how to just evolve with with this gift of technology and it is our in our stories and cosmovision that the reason why he did that is because there will be a time that we were going to be uniting and sharing this information together from the simplicity of coming to earth and working with earth and working with the elements of nature which is embedded and gifted as a as a knowing for all indigenous people, we would all share the same message. And so we actually need a lot of guidance from uh, the outside world uh, because technology, it's, I, I think that we even, we at, um, as a 
technologically advanced human race compared to to the now because uh, we compared to before but compared to now i don't even think that we know what we're playing with you know and how advanced we're going with all of this that i'm hearing with the ai and you know all the things that could cause and how fast we're we're moving ahead and because we i i see that there's not a lot of safety features around this topic then i'm saying okay well there's a lot to be concerned there and how can we then utilize what we've learned thus far about technology and apply it to indigenous community for the well-being and the sovereignty of what they're stewarding in the land so there's a lot of uh, permaculture principles that can be gifted you know through technology there could be a lot of arts and entertainment that can be given through technology for storytelling for new ways for the youth to listen to the elders and creatively transform that in something magical that can lived in a in the technology of sharing cultures um and it also you know f- have dialogues you know amongst different cultures of different parts of the world of of topics that are like this you know there's not a lot of access of information like this so i feel like it's more of a round table conversation that needs to happen mm-hmm. i cannot speak on behalf of all the indigenous people there's different necessities there's different needs that they have there's different points of views if they still have spiritual leaders in that community that's it's all part of that model of reindigenization and reciprocity is to listen you know you listen to the land and then you listen to the people that are in the land and then you figure this out so i i would say start with a conversation with the elders if you really want to do that if that's part of your calling to to help and support the preservation of the lands of the culture of the language of this beautiful uh, moment in humanity where we're getting so disconnected from nature but yet there's still small groups conglomerations of communities around the world that still hold that how do we support that because like i said i don't even know what we're where we're heading as humanity that perhaps that cultivation right now that seeding right now that reciprocity model of giving the tools that the outside world have gifted us gifted us with we can return back for sovereignty models to flourish that perhaps our future generations all over the globe are going to benefit from you know a safe heaven a garden of eden who knows mm-hmm. there's so much potential yeah. of why we should be investing in this in different scenarios spiritually to know self and to to adopt this deprogramming of mind and and this connection and to support to support you know a, a cause that i would say is beneficial for the home absolutely and you're right about the the, the chase towards technology and kind of the, the rapid advancement of all that and um you know i feel like humanity is chasing these technological breakthroughs but doesn't quite have the spiritual fortitude or the spiritual um level of of deep connection to spirit to really kind of hold that in a good way um and that's one of my biggest wishes for humanity is that we um yes grow technologically but also grow spiritually and really work on those relationships uh in in a in a bigger and and more inclusive way in the future and um when we talked uh, last week or a few weeks ago you talked about um kind of the combination of reciprocity and technology as the and I'll quote you as the possibility of doing things in a mindful 
thoughtful and felt way, not imposing, not dictating, but collaborating, empathizing, bridging, harmonizing, and healing the wounds of our ancestors. I thought that was really beautiful. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a long process. I think that we're just in the beginning stages of this healing process for humanity of this disconnection and remembering all the things that we've done as a collective, you know, so healing all these colonization mindsets and all this material consumerism, this wetico and like seeing how many of us can wake up to the fact of our uniqueness, mm -hmm. our preciousness, our sacredness. And, and, you know, with, with this journey ahead of us is, is, is connecting back to, to this profound knowing that we are actually collaborators and that we can infuse a vision and make it come reality. That's how powerful mm -hmm. we could be. And technology can lead us to separation, more separation, because we're so in, you know, just in one uh, plane of visibility, just with one uh, channel or various channels, but distracting for, from this reality. You know, so it's which reality we're we're playing with. It's it's very may sound very mm -hmm. dramatic, but I mean it's it's the first time in human history that we're going to go through these changes. And and what yeah. I can observe from nature, what I can learn from the elders, is that moment of the the now, the pure now, and letting go, and prayer. And the prayer comes through giving thanks through a vision of something that you believe so deeply that's already there and it will manifest. Mm -hmm. And as a collective, we have the opportunity to do that. And so with technology, whenever it's, you know, and it's slipping through our fingers through these massive corporations that are the ones managing this and conducting that, you know, storyline, we have responsibility for to our youth of how we want to create a reality for them in the human nature, in our human essence, in our, in our original form. And, and right now is when we make decisions. You know, their, their parents are not interested in that. And some parents are going to be like, well, okay, hold on. What, is, what does that mean? And what, what would be important for my child? Like, is it important for them to know where an apple comes from? Or do I just keep buying it from the supermarket? And they just think that it comes from a box. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's that connection that you are gifted with food. You're gifted with water. You're gifted with everything so that you can thrive, so that you can explore, so you can create, so you can expand. And with unity consciousness, what we can create, is, it's enormous. It's, it's beautiful. So I, I do trust that technology can put us there creatively and inspiring and uniting us in that in that way. That is the the vision. That is the the prayer. Yeah, and it's so inspiring, and that's why the, this podcast is called One Degree Shifts, is because we all have the power um, in everything that we're doing, including when we're online. Of like, how are we interfacing with this? social web of which is really a living entity the internet uh it's mm -hmm. an organic reflection of humanity and so whatever you're putting into it is influencing the entire space um and so i i find that the small micro moments like a prayer or a song or giving thanks or showing appreciation for someone or 
or yeah, sharing to your kid, like, where does an apple come from? And uh, why does mother earth love him so much? And why is he so well loved? And those small things can really have large paradigm shifting influences on the world. And so I, I find a lot of solace and a lot of hope and a lot of energy and a lot of inspiration and approaching life that way and really looking at the small details of what I'm doing and how I'm doing it and, and connecting that way and, and finding peace in that I know that it's changing things that are way beyond my understanding in some very tiny, tiny way, but it's part of a collective. It's part of a, of a movement. It's part of a, of a connected web of life that's pushing in that way. And so we're never alone doing that. And I find that very uh, comforting, especially. Um, and I was checking out your social media uh, yesterday and um, you talked about psilocybin and you talked about um, that indigenous people and everyone really are left with a gift and it's a time to use it and that the lands are speaking of ancestral healing. Um, I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your connection to psilocybin and ancestral healing. Um, yeah, what does that mean to you and, and what does that look like for you? Yeah, like I shared with you earlier, um, with uh, plant medicine in general, in 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 general, um, they've they've been part. I've, I haven't consumed many, but they've been part of the journey of my own ancestral healing, my own psyche healing, emotional healing, uh, even physical healing. I would say of things that I am unaware of because I have a, a very limited perception of my body and the capacities of my body, but I know that a lot of was done on a metaphysical level. And when psilocybin was introduced to my awareness, um, it was a, it was, it was very different, a very different sensation than any other plant medicines, the plant medicines such as ayahuasca have a, a spirit and with psilocybin, it felt very different. It felt like I was actually in plug into this dimension if you may to this network and it really felt different like that and so with that um my prayers have always been in the process of re-indigenization to myself is to reconnect back to nature to reconnect to i know the powers that we have with communication with nature with um discovering you know this intrinsic communication back and forth that we have and and so with psilocybin has been an opening an awareness of the messages that she leaves everywhere and the songs that have been sang and the prayers that have been told in in the specific place and and also the energy that's left in certain places or energy moving through places it just opens up this whole array of information of this dimension different dimensions within this dimension i mean it's just it's uh, it's it just takes you out of of the realm of possibilities and and so this medicine has allowed me to to go a step further than I ever thought possible in the process of reindignization, like going back all the way to the original point in essence of who I am here and then take me back to the womb of creation, the universe creator, and then I am, you know? So it's like, <laughs> it takes me the whole way. And then what am I left with is from the I am coming back to do separation, going back to this womb, going back to this land. And it's like, Bloop! and then there's me, you know, India, my again, this, in this land, in this play, in this co-creative process that the I am that I am is now manifesting through my perception, through my eyes, and it wants to play, and it's never done before. It's the first time, and what are we going to do? And, you know, and, <laughs> and so with because you have that feeling with psilocybin, everything is possible. 
You can create anything. You can be inspired with anything. And it's there and you feel it and it's tangible. And there's messages coming from everywhere, your guides, your ancestors, if you really have the discipline and sit with it. So it's a medicine that I feel um, is being practiced through very different lineages from all over the world in different ritual ceremonies, you know, from the Greeks to the Celts to the indigenous in Mexico to who knows where else is travel. So I feel that that's where the interconnectedness comes from. It's like it was left for a reason for us to to know that we're all wired in this matrix, you know, and we're all playing in different mm -hmm. realms together. And so connecting to the ancestors means different things, you know, whenever you're with psilocybin. Um, but definitely a, a medicine that um, that a lot of ancient cultures have used as rituals to be able to open up to the noses, which is, you know, a beautiful medicine that has allowed me to do that. Right. It's, it's yeah, it's the recognition of the, all the relationships, right. As it brings you into all these uh, origin points and it brings you back. It also reminds you that you can be an active player in the story, right. Which is uh, empowering and inspiring. Um, and it allows us to explore those many layers of ancestral healing. Um, and I, I love what you said earlier about reconnecting to the spiritual ecology of our ancestors. I think that's beautiful. And and for me personally, the journey I'm on currently is um, I'm half Syrian. My mom was born in Syria. I have a long lineage of my, my mother's side around Turkey and Syria, and yet I've never been there. And so... I grew up in Canada, and so I have this side of me, this ancestral side of me that uh, can feel quite blurry at times because I haven't been exposed a whole lot to it, but it's within me. And so I've been leveraging plant medicines to reconnect with that and things like music and fabric and odors and food. And um, it's a beautiful process of reconnecting with that. And uh, I'm curious, India, uh, what are ways that, uh, and we've touched a little bit on it earlier, uh, I'm hoping we can go a little bit deeper on, on different ways where people can reconnect with their ancestors um, and, and what that could look like for people that maybe have never really done that. Um, and you, you mentioned uh, on a previous call that um, the ancestors are in the field and you can talk to them. They're in the wind, they're in the sun, they're in the, the water, and you can connect with them that way. I'd love to learn more about that. Yeah, I feel like that's that's part of the, the disconnected disconnection that we've had as a human species of all these gifts you know that we've we've had we have from a very young age you know we have them you see babies talking to different spirits different things and they're touching into different realities and dimensions and they don't have to do anything they don't have to light up a candle or <laughs> let's set a, a big halter go to, go to <laughs> india let's go to india. Or you, go to <laughs> you know we've heard of uh, of remote viewing for different you know um organizations in the government we heard of telepathy as well there's there's a lot of information out there that lead us into the knowing that we have these gifts and they're innate in us and and because of um 
the way that has been interpreted in, in television and in, in, in the cinema world is unattainable. It's not for us. It's like, it's like the story of Jesus. He's like, he's above, you know, the Catholic church is throwing him above and we can never obtain that, you know, guilty, guilty, guilty. Just keep throwing all your guilts and confess and you'll be saved. He saves you. And, and so we've been indoctrinated with this um, story through different medias, different forms that we're not that special, that we are actually not God itself. And that takes a lot of courage to walk through that deception and break it from your reality. Because like I said, if you believe, you conceive it. And until you're able to cross that door of that ego death and rebirth and, and, and going through, then you're able to know the power that you have. And so by sitting intentionally in any place and invoking and calling with your ancestors, whether you know them or not, they're there. They're you in different mm. forms. They're you in different times and spaces. There are reflections of you and you learn from them because they always have a message for you to say. So by the mere intention of taking your time and sitting in a place and putting this in your agenda to connect to your ancestors and be open to hearing anything that may come from them as far as guidance, where you are in life, that you really want to open this door and be more intuitive into their whispers. You know, what does it mean when the wind blows like this? Like, please speak to me. Like, I, I really want to feel you. Like, if you have that true intention, the true knowing, they're already listening. They're already making a party out there. They're already, okay, finally, you know, it's connecting, finally speaking. Like, okay, we're, we've been here <laughs> waiting. Like, all, just tune in your body like a channel. We're going to send all the vibrations to you. We're going to send all the information. We're going to send everything just to tune to it. Keep clearing, keep calling, you know. And then through the land, because they live in those lands, then if you go back to, to where your ancestors are from, you know, I would love to hear what happens, you know, what gets activated, what the spirits mm -hmm. of those land did for your genetic information. Because something happens when you go to sacred sites, when you go to ancestral sites, when you go to your own ancestor lands, just by the mere presence of being there, something happens with the information that is being introduced to all of your bodies your astral body your physical all your bodies and so you don't even have to do anything it's that simple like just believe just believe mm -hmm. and trust yeah. the process and trust yes absolutely <laughs> and I, I think i don't have the scientific uh uh tangible data to prove that but i i've heard or, or read somewhere along the way that we have direct traces in our dna from like 14 or 21 generations between uh, behind us and so uh physically speaking like we're very very much connected to our ancestors and i always like to say like to people in, in ceremonial circle you know uh you know when i've been through like really challenging times they're like saying thank you to the ancestors for giving me the opportunity to look at this and that this existence is what it is because they know that I'm able to hold it. Um, and I find that very comforting to look back and say, you know what, I, I do have ancestral trauma and thank you because it's an opportunity to, to grow and, and flourish out of it uh, with, the, with the intention of doing so. And um, I have one last question for you, India. Um, what's your greatest wish for the world? Wow. The greatest vision is for humanity, humankind to truly, truly connect their heart and minds, to really build that resonance, 
to build that and calibrate that. And you, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest prayer because once we're connected to the heart and truly connect to, to this that makes us unique and connects us to everyone here, every single species here, every single element here, then we can fulfill our purpose. We can fulfill what we're here. We, we have a sense of knowing. And then we do beautiful things. So my, my prayer is for all humankind to really join their hearts and minds together in coherence. Mm, beautiful. I'll pray to that today. Yeah. Thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you, you so, so much, much for being here. Mm -hmm. And that was lovely. And uh, thank you for the work you're doing and the words you're sharing and for for being part of a, of a greater vision in the world. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And we'll see you soon. Gracias. Okay. Bye-bye. Ciao.